Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of Tales from the Tailgate. I'm your host, Rob Christian. Joining me as always, Mr. Bo Parker and Mr. Alex Christian. Guys, how are we doing today? I'll be honest, on my side, it is pretty rough. I know Alex and I just got back from two trips. I was in Oxford, Mississippi. Alex was on a bachelor party trip in Charleston, South Carolina, and I assume that Bo just had a rough weekend from just a few too many claws. That's about it. <laughs> Look at it. Y'all makes me feel a bit better, though, because I definitely ain't as hungover as y'all are. Yeah, I went and I went and worked out today uh, for the first time since being back. First time the weather was a little bit acceptable down here to do it. And uh, I'll tell you what, afterwards I'm feeling a little bit rough. But you know what? We're here. We're excited. Alex, how was your trip? Well, I spent uh, no fewer than 20 hours in an RV, uh, blacked out no fewer than seven times. Uh, at one point, there was a giant chrome dinosaur um, in Savannah, Georgia. By the way, definitely check that out, the giant chrome dinosaur. Um, the bachelor in question was as inebriated as I was at the time, and neither one of us could quite figure out the name of said dinosaur. And we asked a, a lovely employee of the of the place, and they're like, that is a brontosaurus. And the groom-to-be said, a bondo who? That turned into a, a, a brontosaurus. And then we looked at each other, and he looked at me and just goes, Brando snore nailed it. So yeah, that was the lead off to the trajectory and, uh, ended with a very eventful car ride home in the sense that while exiting Charleston, South Carolina, the RV's septic system decided to back up and blow out into the cab of the vehicle. (laughs) It was like, it was a bubbling spring, and and I will never, for the life of me, you know, to the day I die, I will never forget the noises that happened in that RV in the span of 35 seconds. So it started with us driving, just talking, everybody's hungover, to bloop, 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 bloop. And then just this crashing wave sound. And if you've never been in a 30-foot RV, that bathroom is very small, and the acoustics are insane. So when it hit the door, it started to spray out, and the bachelor was standing up, and he looks back and goes, what the hell is that? And he looks and he goes, oh, no, Uh, no. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh, this is bad! Oh, this is as bad as it could be, so, dude. Seriously, slow down! And then the driver going, what, "What's going on, dude? Just fucking stop!" And just this huge wave of what I can only hope was just urine flew through the RV and we had nine hours to go after that. So it was a very interesting, uh, very interesting drive home, but all in all quite a successful weekend. Nobody went to jail. We only got one parking ticket. Um, 
Yeah. So big plus. That's a heck of a way to measure a successful weekend. Yeah, yeah but most important, exactly. nobody went. Nobody went to jail. That's the, you know, that's the kicker. It is. There. It is without question the worst hangover I have had in at least the last decade. The night of the Auburn Ole Miss game, and I'd, I'd love to hear how your night went after that uh, result happened uh, to uh, in being in Oxford. But that game caused me to black out twice in and of itself, let alone the rest of that day. Um, a lot of drama there, but tell me about your lead-up and how uh, how you spent game day. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, I think we've mentioned it you know, a few times here, and everybody knows that there's no tailgating you know, in Oxford or most places. So there was nobody in the Grove, you know, a place where you have the entire school's tailgating is kind of centralized in just one location compared to spread out all over campus. So I, I really want to um, thank, you know, two of our two of our listeners, uh, Mr. Zach Osborne and Miss Abby Pierman, for hosting a Grove 2.0 at their house. They had a you know a great lawn set up where we could go out there under our tent, under the Waffle House tent, brought it back out was a great weekend. The game itself was, I think it was a terrible football game. It was fun to watch. My favorite part of it was the last play of the game. And we'll get into the the punt situation later on. But my favorite play by far was the very last play of the game where Matt Corral decides to run three yards past the line of scrimmage, then throw it, and then still threw an interception. I loved it so much. It made me so happy. I couldn't even be mad at the game anymore. I was just sitting there laughing in someone's yard. So maybe it was maybe it was the pain talking, but I thought it was hilarious. And then, you know, we went out, and I had a great time. It was a great night. Uh, got some chicken on a stick. Watched a buddy almost break into a local chicken establishment with a with a some someone that he was in cahoots with that no one knew was about 40 years older than him but you know we saved him off the square if you don't know there are a lot of fried chicken places in Oxford Mississippi you probably shouldn't break into any of them but avoided jail had a great time overall still feeling it had a great time on the way back a guy on my flight got arrested it was not me he made us late I did not get home until after 11:30 on Monday night and had to work at then had to go home and then had to be at work at 8 a.m. after, you know, a four-day bender. But, you know what? We're here. We succeeded. Lost the game. Unfortunate. We'll get you next year. But overall, a great time. Sounds as though Oxford hasn't changed a bit. It has not. It misses you, though. I know Oxford, there's no place in the world where you can more easily get a parking ticket than Oxford. So based on our new metric of if you get less than two parking tickets, this is a successful weekend. Rob, did y'all have a successful weekend? We had a very successful weekend because legally we could not drive anywhere. There you go. So win there. Sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah, and shout out Big Cat for, you know, Bachelor Big Cat making it through the weekend. Yeah, and uh, before we get into it, also want to thank uh, two of our loyal listeners who have listened 
uh, to our entire catalog so far, Mr. William Walker and Mr. Matt Reed. I call him Auburn Matt. That is the only thing I will call him. He gets the one introduction. Two guys that we got to hang out with the entire time in Oxford. And, uh, yeah, loyal listeners of the show. So we want to thank you guys for coming out and partying and listening, most of all. But, Alex, you said you had to black out twice during the game. I think we all know the call that, you know, really got everyone going was the punt that, you know, wasn't called muffed. Definitely looked like it hit the punt returner, the SEC, or the booth decided not to review it. SEC comes out, admits that the play should have been reviewed. Lane Kiffin in his press conference says that what he heard on the phone just made him livid and that he had to go do a quick yoga session before he could come out and face the media. He was late to the press conference because of it. He said the players deserve to know, the coaches deserve to know, the players deserve to know what was said there, but he said the SEC has a policy where he could not tell them what was spoken to him over the phone, then for saying that, the SEC then fines him. So now he is planning on paying that fine in pennies. Good for him. No, don't change the result. <laughs> but it should. Oh, no. my goodness. No, no. Paying the fine in pennies does not get you a W. And... People I, are, I, I respect the move. Rock. I respect the hell out of the move. It's rare As that people. Man, you guys just get you guys get away with robbery every week at this point. That's true. There okay. are some people really okay. defending First Ole Miss all, who it, don't defend Ole Miss, but they're they're harping on Auburn a little bit more. And you know, I'm a I'm a closet Auburn fan too. I was an Auburn fan before before I came to Ole Miss, but yeah, no, and. There, there have been some questionable calls involving Auburn games, especially in the special teams this year. To me, when I first saw it, I thought it clipped it. And that's, I am as diehard Auburn as you can get. But that's because me, it, it did like it. it. And from there, should it have been reviewed? The answer is yes. Would it have gotten overturned? That I don't know. I don't think it was incontrovertible, clear and incontrovertible evidence. That is the burden of proof here. I don't think they had that. I think it would have stood if they were going to make a call on the field. But, you know, the fact that it didn't go to the booth, that is, uh, that was surprising to me. Do you think he touched the football? Yeah, I think it clipped him a little bit. What are you talking about? Who cares what the standard of proof is? Call on the field, man. Call on the field. field. You of all people. You of all people, Mr. Lawyer. You know. It's a matter of justice, Alex. No. This is how the justice system works. When a ball is going you know, straight down, and then it changes directions. It usually means that it touched something else. I think, that, I think that's called evidence right there. 
<laughs> and I think it's called <laughs> theft here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if you're playing Auburn. Okay, okay. Also, let's talk, about a, let's talk about a bad call on another kick in that game, and it was when Tank Bigsby ran that ball back 100 yards, and the phantom holding call on Smoke Monday. I, I have seen calls that were far more egregious go completely untouched. I've seen a guy lose half of his jersey and then not call holding. This was absolute poo. Now, that would have blown that game open. It would have changed the entire second half. So if you want to talk about questionable calls, you have to call it on both sides. But the thing is, yours was early in the game, earlier in the game. Yes. But if that call doesn't happen that way, you cannot expect the rest of the game to go the way that it went. I'll grant some level of that, but there is, of course, and obviously a very different standard between a holding call and where it hits somebody's hand. I mean, that's an objective standard versus a subjective standard. Holding is like a somewhat subjective call. You know, it's not... To to me, you're arguing about a very different thing at that point. There's holding on every play in a football game. There's holding every play. It's like a charge versus a block in basketball, you know, whereas you you can't really argue if his foot was over the line or wasn't over the line on a three-pointer. Like, it touched him or it didn't touch him. But a hold is like there's a subjectivity to that. That's at least how I differentiate it. But but you brought up a good point because we're talking about injustice here. Injustice. And that's what the SEC perpetrated once again today. I don't think, or not today, but early this week. They don't like Ole Miss. We all know that. Yeah, well, you're very unlikable. <laughs> it's because we're the best. I, I do love you all, but no, it, what was your saying? You know, we're better than you and we know it. No, it's, it was a mainstay of. Bow and I's vocabulary. We're not stuck up. We're just better than you. <laughs> better people. The class. The class shines at Ole Miss. Maybe a little less lately, but you know, at one at one point it was there. So we're still going to claim it. But we talk about. I'm sorry, Bo. Go ahead. Keep it going. <laughs> Is it true because we say it? Not necessarily, but you know. No, we don't lie here. But we we're talking about, you know, some egregious calls by some referees. Let's talk about one that I really think that they actually got right that I think could have gone either way on the field and that was actually called uh it was called touchdown on the field was in that Indiana Penn State game. I had to go back. I watched a little bit of that game, you know, live after the Ole Miss game before we all started to mosey on down to the square in Oxford, Mississippi. Indiana upsets Penn State. I think Penn State was number eight in the country. It was their first game played. I I still don't understand that, but that's something that we've been arguing about for a little bit. But 36-35 final, they go in, and I don't know if you all saw it, but that was about as close as you could get as a dive into the end zone. Was that the the two-point conversion? I don't don't think that was was the two-point. I thought it may have been the touchdown. It took them. 
It took him 36 to 35, so I assumed that was just the extra point, yeah. or uh, yeah, the two point, but I don't Oh, I don't you know what it was? It was. Yes, it was. That was 100%. Yeah, so that's one that they, they called and they went up and reviewed, and I thought that that was actually the perfect call on the field. It was about as close as you could ever get, but I really think that they got it right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed, I think, the – the announcer in that one even kind of miss misstated the rule at some point. The ball doesn't actually, if the ball crosses the plane, even if it's out of bounds when it crosses, it's still a touchdown as long as nothing is touched out of bounds yet. It's sort of one of these weird, weird rules, but it's, it's a hundred percent a touchdown. I mean, it, it, it was close. It was as close as, as, there's a play is it's less than an inch, but that's a touchdown. No, I completely agree. And at first they thought he touched the pylon. He was over a little bit before he touched the pylon, just the very tip of the nose of that football. And, and that's all we see, we see why Penn state must've been ranked number eight. But I think, uh, <laughs> I think a few other teams struggle. Clemson was struggling at least in the first half with Syracuse. Nebraska tried to tried their very best to put up with Ohio State until it was I think it was ten to ten at some point, and then that was about it. But it, you know, it's the first game for both those teams. Uh, I don't think I don't think Penn State dropped actually that far. I think the rankings are a complete bull. Um, if we're going to talk though about this Indiana game. Let's talk about somebody who clearly messed up by not watching the Indiana game. Let's talk about Todd Gurley in the NFL. Oh, no. Oh, is this too soon? Uh. <laughs> this, this is a guy who has before known when to go down, not score a touchdown on an easy opportunity to score a touchdown, I think I think last year it, was, it might have been two years ago, but I think last year went down on the exact same type of play. This year he runs into the end zone, takes the touchdown. Clearly didn't watch the Indiana game the day before. Clearly forgot about how to play football from the year before. What was he thinking on that? And is this just tell me about the Falcons? Like how bad are the Falcons? Yeah, the so, the Penn yeah. State one, the guy at least looked like he legitimately didn't know. Todd Gurley has been told this, and I just saw something come across that his own teammates actually told him, do not score before that play, and he still did it. <laughs> it, it looked like he was faking, like he was pretending. But like, like, like he sort of gets to the end, and he's like, oh, I'm going to not score, but he fell into the end zone. I've never seen a, as great a photo as the, the Detroit Lions guy standing there yelling touchdown on an Atlanta Falcons touchdown. Yeah, no, I, conspiracy theory here. Um, somebody look at the terms of his contract and see what incentives he has at a certain number of touchdowns. That might be something that, oh, I get an extra million if I score this many. We suck. We're not going to the playoffs. I don't want to be here long term. Screw it. Let's just let's make some money and then get the hell out of town. 
I'm not usually a conspiracy theorist, but I think you might be onto something with this that. Is Occam's like razor. This is simplest solution typically is the correct one. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that it but is? He was did you know it? You're actually more likely to be struck by lightning twice in your life than the Falcons to blow these games where they had over a 98 percent chance to win in all of them. I believe it's to be struck by lightning twice. It's about one in seven million, is what I saw. And then for this to happen to the Falcons, it was over one in nine million. I I don't understand anymore. I love it, but I. Don't pretend to understand it. Maybe it is a conspiracy theory. I don't know. Okay, Bo, you're good at math. Do, do some quick reasoning on this. If math it's on one in seven million to get struck by lightning twice, okay, and there are seven plus billion people, how many people does that mean have been struck by lightning twice? What kind of stat is that? Yeah, that that actually sounds far too often. Yeah, I don't think so, dude. I don't know about this stat. Yeah, what? One in seven million? Just just one seven? I only I only know of one person who it's happened to. Although we do know of one tree that's been struck by lightning twice. All All right, all right, all right. It's more likely that it's one in seven million than that it's one in seven million, and you know somebody who's been struck by lightning twice. Well, no, that's like you know six degrees of separation. You know, it's the whole Kevin Bacon thing. Odds that it's happened to a Falcon fan at the same time—a Falcons fan being struck by lightning twice—that is a one hundred percenter. Dan Quinn's looking to get struck by lightning twice. You can't get. Oh no! Hey, never mind. <laughs> No, he's still yeah. cursing. He's he's got to be struck by lightning. To well, maybe they'll teach him how to coach defense again. Well, he's going to be the new Jets coach, so maybe that'll spark him up a little bit. Why do you say stuff like that? So upset. He's, he might be better than Gase, though. I just I just want to hire whoever Lawrence wants. Yeah, he's going back to school because yeah, he came out and said that he's thinking about it. Player coach, man. Trevor Lawrence, player coach. The thing with him is, if he does stay, though, I think the Jets might just pick him again or pick him next year. Yeah, exactly. He's just prolonging the inevitable. He can't miss us, man. Good luck, asshole. But I would still... Here's the question. If he stays in school, then what do the Jets do with that pick? Do they try to trade it? But to who? Because who wants it if Trevor Lawrence has stayed in school? Somebody who really likes Justin Fields? Trey Lance? I mean, you've got some guys. Fields like that. The Texans try to trade back up into the draft. That'd be a long way. Well, they'd have to deal Deshaun. I mean... Yeah, they're not gonna. Yeah, yeah. They just signed him to a forty million dollar a year contract. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, like yeah no one's gonna take that. Yeah, he's untradeable for the next four years. Maybe the Cowboys. That's the yeah. only people I could think might do it. Jared might do it. Wop rosters, and the Cowboys get the one pick, 
everybody loses. Speaking of bad, <laughs> how bad are the Cowboys? <sighs> I want to I want to say this before we go into it that I I did beat ESPN to reporting how bad the NFC East was. They did report it later that night, but they waited to report it until after Monday Night Football. I did get it out there before. And now the NFC East is the only division in history to not have a team with three wins through week seven. Wow. We said that they were bad. Now it's on paper that they are historically bad. They are historically the worst division. Wow. If you're going to be an exercise in futility, be a great exercise in futility. And again, two of them have to play each other this weekend. And then the Giants play. Please tell me the Thursday night game. It should be the Thursday night game all the time. Nope, it is the Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday, and then the Giants actually play the Bucks on Monday night. Last week's Thursday night game, that Giants-Eagles, that one came out close, 22-21. I think there were six games this weekend decided by three points or less. I think two of them decided by one point. It was a close weekend in the NFL. You think they're working just on running in a straight line this week at Giants practice? Like standing upright while running. No, they're taping oven mitts back to their hands and bringing in a new culture. What was it, tennis balls they were working with? Yeah. We're going to tape tennis balls to you so that you can't hold. Okay, well, maybe you should have taught them how to hold. You might have won one of these games. Just try to get away with something. God. Who did they beat? They stink. They beat one team. Was Another it, NFC team. Was it this weekend? They that... beat the... No, they beat the Washington... The football team. team. to be named later. Oh, excellent. So they did just beat themselves. They beat another NFC that was the Ron. That was the Ron Rivera game. Yeah. 20-19. Yeah, they lost yeah. 22-21 this weekend. 20, oh... Don't know if they're... Hey, they're keeping it close. That game was over. I think... And they blew it. I think I picked up their defense for fantasy. I know I talked about it last week. I don't remember which one I ended up going with. I don't really... don't remember too much of that game. I was was starting to party-party by then. Yeah, also the feeling that you get when you are ridiculously hungover and then you get the notification from NFL Network and ESPN Fantasy that you know two-thirds of your starters in fantasy are on the sit-em list. Usually <laughs> it, it hits me and they're just on and, and you're in a pea-soaked RV. It is not a good time, my friends. That is about as low as you can get on the totem pole. Well, you can't trust those ESPN projections. I mean, those... That IBM Watson thing that ESPN does on their fantasy, it's it's the dumbest, the single dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's always wrong. Oh, the trade calculator. Trade calculator. Oh. Williams and Rodney Pete. Like, neither one of those guys is in the league anymore, but it seems like a fair trade is getting three stars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the... 
they, they'd have those guys as like, oh, yeah, this guy's boom bust range is whatever, some fancy analytics. And then it, you go in there and it's like, oh, and they busted six out of six weeks. Right. Like, what? <laughs> Just keep it. Yeah, let's go with the guy who did well last week. Who's he playing against? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. playing the Jets. Bo's been on a rampage against this, I think, since the day after our fantasy draft. I'm in I'm in one or two leagues with Bo, and he has constantly been at war. I think it was the first thing that he said outside of, you know, draft night. Has anyone else tried to use this IBM Watson thing? This thing is bullshit. It is horseshit, man. It is horrible. It, yeah, I, I have no idea what idiot sitting in some back room trying to create that. But I'm usually a big analytics guy. I love the analytics and all that. And, and I want to transition to an analytics topic here in just a second, but I'm usually a big analytics guy while we're on this IBM Watson thing. That is a bad analytics tool, but, but let me switch gears just a little bit on you guys. I want to talk about an analytics topic. Why did the Dodgers take out Snell when he'd only given up two hits through six innings. All I could come up with, somebody I, I heard somebody else say this, and it, it's the only rational reason I can think of, is he was about to face the Dodger lineup for the third time. Is that... I don't care. Or, or should they have left him in? They leave him in. Didn't he win, a, didn't he win the Cy Young last year? Was it the year before? Yeah. He's a beast. And he had nine Ks to that point in the game. This is your best shot. You're facing elimination. You have a hot hand out there. He is just pumped up and he's going. You could see it on his face and he's not afraid to say it. He was pissed after that. Yeah. I mean, if you're dealing 97 after 70, what was it, 73 or 79 pitches? Yeah. I'd be feeling pretty jacked up like that, too. Um, what eighty three? However many it was. No, you definitely can't take the best player out of the game. Yeah, no, and that's why I was completely right about um, you know Dodgers and six. You know, scary accurate, and you know what's also scary is you know as we transition back to football. Um, you know, thank you, MLB bubble playoffs it was nice but now we're back into you know the real world of what fall sports should be and that's football and we've got the nfl and the steelers are scary good taking down the titans uh they are the only undefeated team left in the league but scarier still they have to play the ravens twice from here on out and the bills so, T-Rob, what do you think about the Steelers team and how do you compare where they are with where the Titans are you know, after this game? Yeah, I got to see a decent amount of that game. I was rooting for the Steelers. I think they're a very good football team. I think the Titans are a little bit overrated. They've got some great players there. Maybe just I'm not a Titans fan. Been to, what is that, Nissan Stadium. Been there in Nashville. Not a huge fan of the Titans. I don't know. I I think I'm slightly biased over it. But the Steelers, to go 
you know, still undefeated. They do have a tough schedule ahead of them in their division, and their division's only getting better. When you have to play the Ravens twice and the Bills once, I think they're going to lose two out of three of those games, though. Well, they've got to they've got to play the Bills out of conference, but they are out of division. But they got to play the Brownies again, don't they? Yeah, they do. So Browns are five and two, and that's terrifying. If you're anybody outside of the AFC North, you know that's borderline playoff team because you know you're only going to get one out of your division in if they get three. You know, it, even though I take that back, they've added the extra uh, the seventh playoff team this year, but you're not going to get more than two. And that's probably going to be out of the West. You know, do you figure the Raiders? Do you figure the South if you put in the Colts? Um, you know, there's not a lot of room for wiggle here. So, so to me, that's what the biggest effect of this is. And the Steelers being in the catbird seat, Bo, that has to really shake up a lot of people's mindset as to what they thought was going into this year. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the most interesting part of what you just said is like, who is that maybe like last playoff team? And you're talking about the Raiders or the Colts maybe, but because last year it would have been the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's right. Like with the seventh playoff team. And the thing is like the dolphins are three and three. They got the same record as the Raiders. Uh, you know, we're here in the, the Fort Lauderdale hospitality suite studio, whatever the hell we call this place that we're in. But you know, one day you'll get it. Much like Trevor Lawrence's name, you might actually get it right one time someday. I'm not good with names. You called I'm not good with names. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, that's, that's what we call a callback in the industry here. So. The, the Lawrence one is a very fair critique. The Fort Lauderdale studios. Of Anaheim, that's less fair. Hey, it's a big, it's a big <laughs> week for Lauderdale Hospitality Group. That's why we're a little late recording but, this. But, it really but, is, you know, Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show, uh, biggest boat show in the world. We are giving it a go this week. Uh, everybody has been fantastic. Great show so far. Let's keep the week going. But but the point is of what what you were just saying is there's really only like three teams that I'm looking at kind of playing for that last spot. There seems to be uh, a, a real crop of like good teams in the AFC and bad teams in the AFC. And it's especially when you watch like the Patriots just start to, to really not look good. And Cam Newton just look really bad. And you watch things like that this past weekend. And I think, you know, you start to wonder if the AFC is kind of separating into a real haves and have-nots, which is strange for the NFL. You usually kind of see a big pool right in the middle, but to me, it seems like the AFC maybe not as much this year. I completely agree. I think parity is dead in the AFC right now. Um, it, it truly is the haves and the have-nots, and then it's a few also-rans that are going to be close but it's not. You're not going to see that big, you know, group of six and ten to eight and eight teams that you typically do. 
it's going to be holy crap, these teams were bad. And then you've got the three or four good ones that are going to win 12 games. And then you're going to have the last, you know, two to three playoff teams still win nine or 10. It's going to be a very impressive year for a lot of teams, but it's going to be a very you know, stark contrast to the rest of the conference. And those Dolphins are right there in it, though. Do you think that plays into the reason of making the switch to Tua right now? I mean, they're currently, what, eighth in the division or eighth in the conference. Do you think that plays into it at all? The Dolphins think, yeah, we might as well make a run for it? I would love to think that is true. But as a Dolphins fan who knows better, the answer is no. I can't in good conscience say that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to make it. If you're going to make, if you're going to say we are making a run right now, we are one spot out of the playoffs, your best option has to be fifth. Has to be. It, it has to be. That's what I think. And I know I brought up the Dolphins. Let's also be realistic. Two of the three wins were the Jaguars and the, the Jets. I mean, it's not. Okay. Hey, good news. They get to play the Jets again. That's true. That's true. You might as well just chalk them up as four and three. But the Jets are going to play some other teams that, you know. Hey, we might be the Patriots because that team is a dumpster fire right now. And before. They're in a death spiral. I don't know what's going on up there. Their next one's in Miami when they play the Patriots again. Yeah. Um, And they never play well here. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a year in year out thing where Miami does not want to play New England in you know November December in New England. That's just not how that team operates. So very fortunate to get them down in Miami at the end of this year for for the Dolphins. But before we get into this week's picks, and I want to go back to that, I want to go back to that Steelers uh, team that we were talking about about uh, their game. Uh, coming up against the Ravens this week, I'd probably say that's the biggest one. I think everyone can agree that's the biggest game on the schedule this week. But I did just want to bring up a point because it's my favorite part of the show, and I think maybe Bo thought that he was going to get away with it this week, that I wasn't going to do Jets talk. But oh, I had it on. Hey, poop on the Jets minute. I had, oh. I had it in my notes when we were going to transition, when we mentioned that the Steelers are going to have to play the Ravens. Two more, uh, two times this year. Uh, they haven't played them at all yet. Speaking of the Ravens, did you know <laughs> that if you took away all of the Baltimore Ravens points scored this year, they would still have a better point differential than the New York Jets? Baltimore was off this past weekend. The Jets lost what fifteen to ten. We all could have lived our lives and not known. Like, we, we, we didn't need to know that. So if you took away all of the Ravens' points scored, their point differential would have been 104 minus 104. The Jets was still 110, and then the Jets lost by five this weekend. Wow. Oh, just wow. You know, you might have you caught it if those Ravens had to play, but that is a stat right there. And during during baseball season, especially in years past, I want to let you all know 
that Bo and I have a running text message or a Twitter message, whatever format we find it in, called Marlins Math or Mets Math or Diamondbacks Math or Jets Math. Yeah, this is some serious Jets Math. It just gets worse and worse every single week. I am one, we talked about it last week too, but I am 100% convinced when you share a stat like that that the Johnsons have decided that they have to keep Gates to make sure we get the one pick. But now we come out and, you know, hear the Trevor, not Tyler, Taylor, other T's, Lawrence. Or Lawrence is, Taylor. Yeah, or Lawrence Taylor. That the one that plays quarterback for Clemson, that, that Lawrence, he, you know, is not going to – go to the Jets if they get the one pick and you just hear it and you immediately believe it because you hear some stat like that. Uh, it, at some point, it's like bad for the league, right? Like, it, does at some point the league almost have to step in and be like, you have to fire Gase? I, I don't know where... At some point, it gets so bad. Kind of like the Expos towards the end where Major League Baseball had to take over their team. Yeah. I mean, like, they're not even trying to put a competitive product out there. Expos. I don't um, know if I said, I don't know if I said bets. I meant Expos if I didn't. I'm not sure what I said. I think you said Expos. No, you said Expos. Yeah. The, I, I mean, I know of, there were discussions about, you know, how do we reduce tanking in basketball? And that's a thing that comes up every now and again. And, like, this is, the most serious version of tanking I've maybe ever seen. I mean, it's it's absurd, and they're now trading away even the the guys that aren't even worth anything. They're going and trading them with a seventh for a sixth round pick. They traded a, a defensive lineman earlier this week. Uh, like if there's a guy who can maybe generate one point worth of value for the Jets, they're getting rid of them. At this point, I send them on down the line. Do, do you think they'll maybe they let the Jets play in the NFC for the second half of the year? That could be good. They would still be at the bottom of that division. They would. Maybe they get a win. Just saying that. Like if they got to play, if they got to play six games against NFC East teams, it wouldn't matter. I think that there would be about a zero TV audience for that. The ratings are uh, no. This this has to be a mistake. The ratings must not be in. Oh no, we're we're being corrected on that. The ratings are in fact zero. We are reporting that no one watched this game. Whoever's Nielsen box is not working when they want to watch the Jets. Hey. The Jets beat the spread for the first time this year on Sunday. So speaking of that. Yeah, like, who do they have this week? Yeah, speaking of that, as we get into picks, the only reason that I threw this game on was to be part of this conversation. They play the Chiefs. Sorry, Bo, it's going to be, looks like it's going to be another rough week in New York. But I didn't write the game, uh, I didn't write the spread down on, our notes for you all for this week because I wanted you to play guess the spread. I I looked it up before we uh, a few hours before we got on here. I just wanted you to take a guess at it, and it's at the Chiefs. I'll take a swing at this one, and I 
I honestly have absolutely no idea. I didn't even know that they were playing until we got on air. Um, there's no way they go by three touchdowns and extra points. I'm going to go Chiefs minus 19 and a half. I, I think your reasoning is right. I'll use a similar reasoning. I haven't, I haven't seen the spread on this. I knew the Chiefs were coming up. I didn't know it was necessarily this week. I'll say two touchdowns and a field goal, so I'll go minus 17. Alex got it spot on. you got to be freaking kidding me. <laughs> Let's go. Going off of ESPN right now is what I'm basing this off of. 1 p.m. this Sunday, Kansas City, 19 and a half. Wow. All right, I am betting on that game, and I am now taking the Chiefs because I cannot believe I nailed that. <laughs> Over under 49. Chiefs might hit that. Chiefs and might. Yeah, but do the Jets score more than seven? I don't think it's really going to matter unless they just stop playing. Bo, you want to take the Jets money line plus twelve hundred? Oh, plus twelve hundred? Oh, I t- it's kind of hard not to. Chiefs or Chiefs minus three. Really Chiefs minus three thousand. Like I, the Chiefs backup quarterback is Henny, right? They could play Chad Henny all four quarters, and they would still win by at least two touchdowns. Oh, I agree. Maybe they give Lev Bell some carrots this weekend. Yeah, they will. He's got, hey, plus he's got all the intel. Not like they need it, but. (laughs) Yeah, Alex. It's not even fair. That's probably why the spread's so big. Alex, you said that you didn't even know that they were playing until we got on here. I don't think the Chiefs would need to know that they were playing the Jets until today and they would Who the hell are we playing? Jets? Oh, okay. Yeah, we got this. Game plan? Walkthrough? Nah, screw it. Take the day off. Go have a picnic. Oh, man. And then they get the Panthers after that. Oh, Panthers they might be game for the Raiders. They might just spend three weeks game planning for the Raiders. Not a bad move. Revenge match. Ooh. Yeah, I, they could go. They could go over. I mean, a Patriots team, two and four. Patriots are still going to get them. Chargers get them. Dolphins get them again. Raiders get them. Seahawks get them. Man, that sucks that they have to play the NFC West. Rams get them. The Cleveland Browns get them. And then the Patriots will get them again to end the year. Yeah. Just on Monday night against the Pats. That's suddenly a stinker. On the 9th, on November 9th. Ooh, that's week. that's miserable. I'll probably still be the quarterback. I'll probably when pick do, something else to do with my Monday evening that day. I don't know. Alex, Crocheting. you're the Alex, you're the Auburn guy. Do you think Cam stays in, or do they just put in another Auburn quarterback? I think Cam does have a bounce back game because that dude, his competitive fire, it's there. And he realized that he's done that. So it's time for him to ruin that page, have that come to Jesus moment. 
and go out and play some damn football like he knows how to play. I think Cam writes the ship. Do I think he gets re-signed necessarily? No. No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, like, nothing went right for the Pats in that game. It didn't matter whether they were running the ball, whether they were throwing the ball, whether it was Cam or Stidham, who they were throwing it to, if they were on offense or defense, like, nothing went right. Well, yeah, and, you know, you know how getting over being sick is because your quarterback had mono last year. Cam had COVID. That's got to be worse. (laughs) So He missed less time. Yeah, sadly. That's how much of a beast he is. Does it say more about Cam or does it say more about Darnold? I would think that after (laughs) six weeks of doing this, we would start to run out of material for it. But no, it just keeps going. It never happens. It no. never happens. It's like, it's what's the deal with airline food? You know, it's it's a joke that keeps on coming. Man. Try the veal. All right, let's get into some picks. One of these days they're going to win a game, and you guys are going to, you know, have less to say. Y'all don't play the Falcons. You ain't winning. <laughs> Next. Yeah, man, I'll, I'll call you up and congratulate you the day that it happens. I don't know when it's going to be. Maybe it'll be a nice Christmas present. Maybe kind of like the 72 Dolphins that always pop champagne when the last undefeated team loses. Whenever they get a win, they'll just pop bottles that they're not completely defeated. It's going to be November 29th. They play the Dolphins. They host the Dolphins. It's going to knock the Dolphins out of playoff contention. I will buy you the bottle of champagne (laughs) if that happens. Clip that. Clip it. That's the bet. I will buy the bottle of champagne. Add it to the add it to the six pack of Corona bet that we have for baseball. But let's get into some picks. And I mentioned that I wanted to get back to this game. You just mentioned undefeated teams. Steelers versus Ravens. Baltimore minus three and a half at home over the undefeated Steelers. You know what? Give me the Steelers getting a field goal. And the half a point. I don't think Baltimore is three and a half better than Pittsburgh right now. I'm that taking, half a point's the kicker. I'm taking Steelers plus three and a half as well, but Baltimore wins it by a field goal. Well, I think I'll be the contrarian in this group then. I just think Baltimore is just so good. And I don't think they're less good because they lost to the Chiefs earlier in the season, and the Steelers haven't had to deal with that yet. I still think Baltimore is the best team in this division. I mean, Baltimore was the one seed last year, right? And they're definitely still as good a team as they were last year. If not, you know, they they can maybe even play better. I think three and a half is maybe even not enough. And I know the Steelers team's undefeated and it's been playing great football. Would not disagree with that, but I'll I'll take the Ravens. Even against the spread. All right. Moving on. Next up, Tua's debut against the Rams. Dolphins get them at home. Rams minus three and a half. That's a little bit closer than I would have picked it. I probably put it up to I probably put it at five if I were setting it, but what do y'all think? 
I'm taking the Rams minus three and a half. I agree with that. It's, you know, debut. That's tough. But it, it, it can go one way or the other. He'll either play amazing, just better than, than he should, or he'll play like a rookie in his debut. Yeah, I, I don't love this matchup for Tua. Yes, Dolphins beat Niners. Rams beat Niners. But Rams going to beat Dolphins. Aaron Donald, best defensive player on the face of the earth. Good trains with knives. He's going to tear Tua up. Not feeling great about this for the kid. Uh, I, I also don't like the Dolphins uh, wide receivers against the secondary. Um, Tua's not going to get a lot of help. This one gets out of hand pretty quick. All right, let's throw another one in there. Let's say Colts-Lions. Indianapolis minus three. Where is that game? It's in Detroit. Matt Patricia will find another way to lose, but Phillip Rivers will somehow throw more interceptions than Matthew Stafford. This game ends in a tie. I'm actually going to take the Lions right here. I like Stafford. I like Marvin Jones. I'm in love with uh, DeAndre Swift right now, too. Give me the Lions. Well, I, I'm i in love with DeAndre Swift. I'll talk about how great Swift is every week if you guys want to talk about it. But Matt Patricia won't let him just take over the backfield. As long as they're giving 10-plus carries and they're giving 15-plus carries every week right now to a 35-year-old, I cannot take the Lions in good conscience, basically on any spread. I think they're starting to figure it out, but they're just not quite there yet. But Swift has been getting, you know, 15 to 18 touches. Yeah, but it's uh, it's because they're playing from behind all the time. He's their receiving back. I mean, if they would open a game and let Swift do his thing, they've got an okay offensive line, like a good one. Um, like I think Swift could run behind it and and have success. Well, he had one sixteen on fourteen last week. Yeah, let the kid eat. I mean, Grant, what was that? He had like a sixty-eight yarder or whatever, where he busted one. Um, forty-eight, sixty-eight, somewhere in there that he busted, and then came down and had a two-yard touchdown. You know, the next player, the play after account for that but still he's averaging five six yards a carry everywhere else yeah so i i don't see a problem on this he's averaging over five yards a carry he's act he actually has more than half the yards of adrian peterson with less than half the carries he's got about 60 percent of the yards that peterson has on less than half the carries okay well guess i'm starting him this week yeah, and that's not even talking about what he what he catches out of the backfield. And you also have your boy Carry on Johnson back there too. We can't forget about him. True. They just gave him more carries at the start of the year, but he's getting like he's getting less than five carries a game now. Um, as just, as he should. As he should. Yeah, I mean the best back in this backfield is Swift, and the game where Patricia gives Swift the most carries in the backfield. I can start picking the Lions, but I can't pick the Lions as long as they're given AP 15 carries. 
it's one of those things, like we talk about Dan Quinn, we talk about Adam Gase, we talk about Bill O'Brien. He can't be this stupid for that long, though, right? I mean, he's proven us wrong in the past, but he can't be that dumb. It's right in front of his face. And they're still, you know, they're still 3-3. Three and three. It's not like they're losing every game and you're just saying, screw it. I mean, they're still winning games. I guess they did have to play the Falcons, but. Yeah, I mean, these are not, these are not new saber metrics. This is just yards per carry. Like, everybody's heard of that stat. All right. We'll, we'll beat that in the ground for a while. What else do we got, yeah. Rob? Next up, 49ers, Seahawks. Seahawks minus three at home. Niners, because it's within a score. Seahawks, they're the cardiac cause. Uh, I, I don't even know how to deal with Seattle playing close, great games. I'm actually watching the rerun on NFL Network right now of their game against the Cardinals. Give me the Niners to cover. Seattle wins by one. By just one? I mean, the thing with Seattle is how do you cover... 31-30, final. 31-30. Wow. I mean, how, All in my show. How do you cover Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and at the same time account for... Russell Wilson's ability to just go kind of do his own thing and, and run away if they if they're covering those guys, if they somehow can manage to cover both of those guys. I mean, I think what we saw last week shows exactly why DK has been so good to start this year is because they have to account for Tyler Lockett. And where they don't, then DK can run away with it. So I'm comfortable taking the Seahawks and that, that San Francisco defense is getting a little bit better, you know, week by week they're getting healthier. But I just I don't think it's gonna be I think it could go I think three is the perfect spread for this game. If I could pick a push, I would. I think it would be a little bit like uh Cardinal Seahawks from this past weekend. But I'll go I'll go twenty seven twenty four. Next up, Saints Bears, New Orleans minus four, on the road. Go Bears! Yeah, I'm actually I taking the Bears said. plus four. Yeah, I mean they they seem to be managing to like find ways to play well. It obviously didn't work this last this last week, but like they they just find have been finding ways this year. Um, and frankly, I think the Saints have been the opposite story. Like I, I, I repeat every week that Drew Brees is no longer Drew Brees. I could see the Bears maybe finding a way, but uh, giving the Bears four, I definitely think that's feasible. Yeah, giving them four at home, I'm completely on board with. Alex, what do you think? It's about that time that the Saints start to realize that they are, in fact, still the same Saints. So I like the Saints to cover. I think they start to remember their identity from the last couple of years and put something together. The Bears, defensively, fantastic. Offensively, I, I'm still not sold on Foles. 
Give me the Saints here. All right, and then let's end our NFL picks on a fun note. Had to throw this one in there because two NFC East teams are playing each other, and I I don't know how you could have put the spread this far. I guess they really don't believe in the Cowboys anymore, but I think the Eagles are pretty bad too. Cowboys versus Eagles, and I say the Eagles, sadly, at minus 7.5. Hammer it. Take them. Tag them. Give the seven and a half. Cowboys are dead. In the NFL, unless you're playing the Jets, seven and a half is a lot. So I don't care. Like you're Eagles. playing Andy Dalton. <laughs> did he get Play out of the, the seven and a half? Did he get out of the concussion stuff? I heard that he might be concussed. He might do better with that. Oh, too soon. Like, you might confuse the opposing team's jerseys with that of his own and actually get a throw right. I No, I like the Eagles here. I like them big. It, I think this is probably at least a two-touchdown game. Who's the, who's the third string in Dallas? I know I should know that. Probably somebody from A&M that never materialized. Maybe, hey, it might be Kellen Moore. Call him up they can the bring him out of the spot. booth. Oh, here's a Sports Illustrated hot off the presses. Cowboys trying to trade for Fitzpatrick? That can't be right. Yeah. I heard I about that today. Coming, yeah. Oh, my God. You're going to love who it is. You didn't get it right with Texas A&M, but you were close. It's Garrett Gilbert. Oh, man. I'm so excited about this. If Garrett Gilbert starts a game for the Cowboys, that will be the most Texas journey of all time. I think that's a season of Friday Night Lights. I do too. Or at least it's that um, that Madden game with the thing where you had to go play in Iraq. Oh, that was terrible. Oh. Where you had to go battle Dan Marino to a game in Iraq. A yeah. football game. Alex, you mentioned... Earlier, you were praying that this had to be the Thursday game. Please let it be the Thursday game. Do you know which game it is? It's not Thursday. Sunday night? It's Sunday night football. Oh, well, I'm going to sleep early that night. The NFC East always gets Sunday night football. Love it. I'm actually glad I'm working that day. Yeah, forget it. I might get another job for that day. Screw it. I'm not watching that game. I just worked a night shift somewhere. Okay, well, that was my fun and games for the day. We'll take it into college. We'll kind of cruise through these so we can get out of here. UGA at Kentucky, UGA minus 14.5. Give me UGA. I was too high on Kentucky earlier in the year. They sucked it up against Missouri. I wanted to take Mizzou in that game. I felt peer pressured. I panicked. That's on me. My bad. I picked Kentucky to cover. Not doing it again. UGA minus 14.5. Smart. I agree there entirely. I think Georgia ends up winning this by 16. They're due. They're not due. <laughs> They're Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I think I got to take UGA intellectually. Emotionally, I will be taking Kentucky. 100%. All right, LSU 
at Auburn. The next game up LSU minus three at Auburn. I'm going to take the Bayou Tigers, not the Auburn Tigers this time. After I watched what happened on that field against Ole Miss last week, I don't have any faith in it. New quarterback for LSU played pretty well. Having to come in for Miles Brennan, who I think still might be out this week as well. But still, yeah, he's dinged up, and they LSU. don't know if he's coming back. I got LSU only because following this past week, I think the SEC cannot gift Auburn another game via the SEC officiating. It would just be too blatant and obvious. And I also think they like Coach O just enough that they wouldn't do it to him like they did it to our boy Kiffin. I'd just like to say, scoreboard. <laughs> scoreboard. So so that's the 330 game. So that's the game that CBS I, deems the best one. Yeah, I, I think and it always is a great game. Um. LSU right now is averaging, I think, like 40-plus. They're averaging well over 40 points a game. But they haven't played a defense with this kind of speed yet. I think Auburn limits that. And if we do, there's a solid chance that Auburn can actually pull this one out because their LSU's defense is that bad. Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris are the two X factors here that could totally derail this. I'm going to take Auburn to cover. I don't know if I like them to win. Next game up, Ole Miss is the 4 o'clock game on SEC Network. And wow, look at the spread on this one, guys. The 1-4 Rebs against the 0-3 Vanderbilt Commodores. Ole Miss minus 16.5. Yeah, I don't know if I like 16.5 there. Yeah, that's a lot. Because you could have the offensive performance that y'all had against Arkansas or the one that you had against Bama. Figure that one out. Bandy's going to cover, but not by much. And Ole Miss is known historically for playing down to opponents. Especially away at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Um, I can't play 16 and a half on Ole Miss. I say, they win, I say Ole Miss wins by 14. I'm going to say 28-14. I want it to be a lot higher, but I just don't. I, I think that's low scoring for this Ole Miss team, but I'm sticking with it. I could see him winning 42 to 40. I don't think Vandy can score that much, though. Yeah, but I mean, they don't actually have to do anything. They just have to take the field and Ole Miss will lay out of the way. Yeah, that is that is true. I think defense is getting slightly better. I they think they played a couple wide receivers on a few plays out there, huh? Yeah, we put we put Tylen Knight out there. Yeah. Switched him over to defensive back. Uh, but they must I mean, be listening to those that's better for him though. He can he can tackle someone who's running fast past him, but every time that he got the ball in the backfield or caught it out wide, that kid just got lit up though. Like that kid did not make it forward one yard, but every play that he got hit, he would move backwards three yards, and it wouldn't be like someone pushed him back. This guy was launched. After that, another Mississippi team, Mississippi State at Bama. Bama minus 31. 
I picked Bama by that they would win by 35 against Tennessee. They won by 31. I'm counting that as pretty close. That game was 48-17 final. I think it's going to be bigger one here at home against Mississippi State. I will take them actually minus 31. Mississippi State now, I believe, in total. I think two of them were walk-ons, but I believe it's now 14 players in the transfer portal or have already left the program. Their best running back is gone. They've lost two quarterbacks. They both weren't really going to fit into the system, but I don't know. There's something to be said about 14 players going missing in the middle of your season. Yeah, this one is pretty simple. If they ain't stopped it, keep running it. Uh, Bama's going to cover, just like they do every week. No way 31 points is enough. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, Najee Harris on his own might score 31. Second to last game for the SEC this week, Arkansas at A&M, A&M minus 12 and a half. Arkansas pretty pissed right now. They decided that this game in the future is going to move back to AT&T Stadium, back to Jerry World. They see Sam Pittman getting good. They don't want to play him. They don't want to play him in Fayetteville. I'm going to take Arkansas plus 12.5. A&M wins by by 8. Yeah, I like that reasoning. Uh, The fighting Sam Pittman. I think they keep this one close. It's an old-school rivalry um, from way back in the day. I, I like Arkansas to cover here as well. At A&M, that I think is the difference, but close. This one might be the closest game of the weekend outside of LSU-Auburn. I don't know, guys. I mean, this A&M team, they got off to a tough start. But they've really looked pretty good to me the last couple of weeks against Florida and against State. Um, I could see two touchdowns. Like it's kind of on the possibility. I guess I'm with you guys. You guys probably have the the better logic in terms of if you have to bet one way or the other, probably taking Arkansas. But I'm certainly not betting that confidently. It's easy for me to see a covering in this. All right, that's the 7.30 game. Actually, that game and then this last game are both 7.30 starts. Missouri at Florida. Florida coming back after, what was it, two weeks? Yeah, two weeks off from COVID. Yeah, so Florida minus 13 at home right now. After Mizzou just beat Kentucky. I don't know. I don't know if I like Florida to cover there, but it's at home. Hey, they're rested, if nothing else. Uh, I, I think this is a very good line at 13. That might be dead on. If I had to say anything, it will be rust versus rest. Give me the zoo to cover, but Florida wins by 10. I pretty, I pretty much spot on. Agree with that. And I want to go. My heart really, really wants me to take Florida minus 13. But I agree they didn't really have enough guys to do you know, anything. And then Dan Mullen came out and 
you know, said that he wants the swamp packed, and then this all happens, and then they were still having issues. Then they got back to where they could practice again, and then they had, like, I think another six guys go out. So it makes perfect sense to take Mizzou plus 13, and I'm going to do it, but I really, really wish that I could take Florida minus 13, but I'm not going to. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty, like so many things this year. This is another one like kind of I feel similarly like the A&M game where there's so much uncertainty that I really don't feel confident betting either way because Florida absolutely has the athlete to beat Mizzou by more than 13, but that, you know, coming off the, the not being able to get out there and practice and all the drama and all this, can they live up to their talent this week? I guess they probably shouldn't, but college football, I don't know. It, it's not one I'm betting confidently. All right, so that's it for the SEC. Does anyone else have any other you know, games around the country? We've got things you know, really starting back up again. Good Cincinnati-Memphis game this weekend. I think we were all wrong on Cincinnati last week where we wanted SMU. They took that one a little bit out of heart. Yeah, definitely botched that one. Michigan, Cincinnati, you're good. Michigan, Michigan State. That, that Who could cares? Be, that could be a miserable game. Who cares? Kansas State, West Virginia could be a good one. Yeah, give me the Mountaineers in that. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State. Don't think that's going to be a game anymore. Ohio State minus that's gonna 12. That's going to be 30 points. Let me hammer Ohio State on that one. Yeah. Didn't Rutgers hammer beat someone last week? Didn't what? Didn't Rutgers beat someone last week? Someone they shouldn't have? Yes, they did. The B1. <laughs> Rutgers beat Michigan State. Ah. Uh, Rutgers. Sorry, Auburn Matt. Yeah. Rutgers playing Indiana. So the two upset teams actually get to match up with each other. At oh, give me Indiana all day. Indiana minus 12. Oh. I don't know. I definitely don't have enough to judge that game. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll lay the twelve. Give me Indiana. I have I am taking this completely blind. I had no idea Indiana even beat or played Penn State last week. But I will take them minus twelve against Rutgers. Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, minus three and a half. That's about all I got. Yeah, that's a whammy. I'll give you one. Southern Miss favored by a point against Rice. I did want to talk about that. That was going to be the last thing, so it's a great segue. Southern Miss, I know I texted you as soon as I heard the news. Southern Miss now working on it. It's third head coach of the year, Scotty Walden, picked up and left for Austin P. Can't really blame him, though. It's one of those, it's one of those conferences that's going to play in the spring. Is what Austin P's in. I'm not sure which conference... That is. I know I should know that, but they're going to pick up and play in February, so really he's got to get over there, assemble his staff, and really has to start practicing. So he didn't really have much of a choice. I, I know that if if it was his ultimate choice, he would have liked to stick out the year. Very young coach, very talented coach. So now it's up to, oh, what was the defensive coordinator's name? Tim Billings. Been with the yeah. team. Been with the team for five years. He knows the program. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think Walden's a good guy. I feel I think that's great for him. Excited for him. That's an awesome opportunity, and I think he'll do well. Uh, you know, and now I think Billings could do okay. He's also another good guy. It'll be tough to see how they do this week. They've got a bit of a COVID outbreak, or they have some COVID outbreaks themselves. It's going to be tough against Rice, but uh, you know, I guess they're giving them the the nod as the favorite. I'm not sure I like that betting, but as a Southern fan, I do love it, even if they're losing. Unfortunate for Southern, but it's uh, great for him. Hopefully, he ends up back at some point later on. But I think he's destined for bigger and brighter things personally. I'm going to go with you know, Alex's reasoning behind these, the interim coach bump. I think this <laughs> is going to be a good one for Southern Miss. It always works. The only reason I'm taking Southern Miss in this game. Works two out of three times 100% of the time. That's the reasoning behind it. So, yeah, I'm taking Southern Miss. Going to be interesting to see how their head coach situation comes out. I don't know if we've ever seen a team have three head coaches in a year. I know it was pretty shocking to see a coach change after one game. That had only happened once before in major college football, and I know we talked about it earlier on, early on in the year. But you know, I'm very excited to see it. Bring on Hugh Freeze. Bring on the USM alum and Southern Miss to the top. But other than that... Our regular Southern Miss talk to end the week. Anybody else got anything else? I think it's about time to get out of here. No, I'm going to eat one more piece of pizza and then hit bed. Alex has just been sitting around eating pizza, watching an old Seahawks game this whole time. Hey, got to multitask here. All right, well, well, with that, on behalf of all of us here, we hope you all enjoyed. Sorry about the audio issues. We will be back without audio issues next week. Talk to you then.